Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, let's pray, and then we'll get started tonight. Everybody got it figured out? The ones that need part one have got it, and the ones that need part, everybody has a part two, right? Okay. Because we didn't finish part one last Sunday, last Wednesday night. And so we're going to finish it, and then we'll go ahead. Okay, let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. We thank you, Father God, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you, Father God, that you open our hearts. And I thank you, Lord God, that you... Uh, Father, that the Word of God changes us, takes us from faith to faith and from glory to glory. And Father, increases our capacity to receive and our capacity to give. I thank you, Lord God, that your Word transforms us, that we are not conformed to this world and to the way this world does things, but we have been transformed by the Word of God, and we are continuing in a continual transformation by your precious Holy Word. Lord, we just thank you for knitting us together as a family, putting us together in the bonds of love. We thank you, Father God, that we are being knit with strong ties and that do, are not separated. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Now we are on part one, and let me just catch you up to speed. Praise God. Last week we read John 10, 10, where Jesus said, uh, The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and just destroy, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And we talked about, actually I'm calling this relationships, but in our society, sometimes when we think about relationships, we think about, uh, we think about man and wife relationship or boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, and that is not what I'm talking about in our series that we're doing. We are actually talking about friendship. But the word friendship is like the word love and has been overused in America. You know what I'm saying? has little meaning. And uh, it seems like it's also just like more popular right now, kind of more the end thing to say the word relationships. So we can say what we want to, call it what we want to, but when you boil it all down, we're talking about friends. We're talking about divine uh, connections, Holy Ghost hookups, people that God puts into our lives and connects us with, and He has a purpose. And we talked about how last week, how that we cannot really enjoy life without enjoying people. Amen. We talked about the fact that in order to have abundant life, that our relationships, our friendships have to be healthy. Also, our marriages would have to be healthy too, and so we don't exclude those things, but, and some of the things that I may say, you may can take over and apply to the marriage relationship, or to the the father-son relationship, the mother-daughter relationship, but predominantly what we're talking about is friendships, and um, you know, God wants us to, to have many friends. As we go through this series, and as we learn more, you'll realize that God won't, that, that, that for, for what God wants to do in our lives, He will have to bring many people into our lives. And plus, it just makes sense when you realize how many billion people are there on earth? Huh? Six billion? Well, hallelujah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, uh, that this is a people thing. I mean, you know, that this whole system, this whole scheme of things is a people thing. You know, this is not a mountain and river thing, a, a forest and tree thing. It's a people thing. Amen. This whole thing is a people thing, this thing that God is doing. Amen. And so our relationships are to be, according to uh, uh, the Greek definition of abundantly, our relationships are to be above the common, super abundant in quantity, superior in quality. God, our life is to be like that. And so that would have to include our relationships. Um, <clears throat> you cannot reach your God-given destiny without people. How many of you believe that all of us have a destiny on our life? Something God's foreordained, foreplanned, pre-planned. It was pre-planned. Actually pre-planned, I believe, before the foundation of the earth. He said He knew you before the, for the foundation of the earth. He knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He knew you. He planned you. He knows about you. He knows where you are. And, um, and uh, relationships are what causes us to be able to, to not only reach our destiny and fulfill it, but to do it with uh, joy and, and to do it with uh, happiness. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, let's turn... Um, oh, my filing cabinet's empty in itself. That's always what I... Uh, let's turn over to... Uh, last week we started on, on to page 2, and we started with the first hindrance to developing relationships. There can be some hindrances 
to developing relationships, and we covered this one very thoroughly last week, and that was, number one, some people are just not open to relationships. I don't want friends. I've been hurt. I've been disappointment, disappointed. People have let me down. Or maybe you haven't had that experience, but you just have a fear. I might get hurt. I might get let down. I might get taken advantage of. And we, you know, basically what we came to the conclusion of last week is, yes, amen, you will. Amen. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say, no, 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 no. You need to get into relationships because you'll never get hurt. No, you need to get into relationships because even though you may get hurt, and, and even though you may get disappointed, you may get let down, the good, will all, the good in your life will always outweigh the bad. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's go on to number two, which is on page three. Hallelujah. And one of the next hindrances for relationships is I just don't have time for relationships. You know, some people do not prioritize relationships into their schedules because they don't realize how much God ministers through relationships. They just don't seem that important to them. They just don't seem that important to them. Now, I think everybody would probably pretty much think that getting a wife or getting a husband, I mean, there might be a few people that don't think it's important, but most of us have had grew up with that desire. I want a wife or I want a husband. And so we make that a high priority. And then most of us also had a desire to have children. And so we made that a pretty high priority. And we have those children. We raise those children. But, you know, we're still not complete with just a spouse and a, 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 a children and even extended family. Our mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles and all those extended family members. Uh, because many times they are so much like us that they don't really enhance us that much. And you know, uh, and the Bible talks about this, how a prophet's without honor in his hometown. And you know, a prophet, Jesus was without honor with his own family. Wouldn't you agree? They, they couldn't see, they couldn't see the gift of God in him for knowing him after the flesh. They knew he was just a carpenter. They knew he was, you know, they remembered him as a little boy. They remembered him running around the house in his diaper. And they remembered, you know, they remembered, well, I guess they didn't remember that because they were, he was the oldest. But, but, you know, they remembered, maybe they saw it, remembered him running around the house in his underwear, you know, or whatever, you know. You know, they remembered those things about Jesus. Hallelujah. They remembered seeing him, um, you know, spill spaghetti sauce on his t-shirt you know hallelujah they remembered those things about jesus they only knew him after the flesh they couldn't see uh they couldn't see him for who he really was because why they were they were so you know right here and and you know um and and then many times people in our families are like us and so they don't enhance us uh, as much as they, because they're so much like us. Do you know what I'm saying? Meaning, I'm thinking, I'm telling you of how families think alike. How families, you know, we, we think alike in our family. My mom and I, my mom's been here, she's gone to Atlanta for a couple of days, but she'll be back Friday and then be coming Sunday morning, or that's the plan right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, some, my mom and I, we're so much alike that I can start a sentence and don't have to finish it. Because she just knows <laughs> she just knows what I was going to say, and I know what she is going to say. So we don't have to finish sentences. And, you know, when Michael and I first married, Pastor and I first married, he would get frustrated. It's like, well, go ahead. What were you all going to say? It was like, you know, he wanted, he didn't know me as well as she knew me. Amen. And I didn't know him as well as I knew her. Amen. You know, I know how she's going to react. I know how she's going to think. And so we know we're like each other a lot of times in our families. So sometimes people don't realize how much God ministers and how much God uses relationships so they don't put a high priority on them in their lives. They have an overemphasis on blood family and little emphasis on the blood-washed family. Now, praise God if your family's in the blood-washed family, but you can have an overemphasis on blood family so that there's no time, no room in your life for God-given, Holy Ghost, divine relationships. And I'm just going to tell you tonight, you just need to make some room. Amen? You need to make some room. 
Glory to God. Some people are preoccupied with acquiring material things and put little priority on the enrichment of life through people. I want to tell you something. It's not, the, it's not the material things in your life that are going to enrich your life. And sometimes we just spend so much time trying to get more things that we don't have time for relationships. And that's what the, where the true enrichment is. True enrichment is not having another ring on our finger. It's not having another uh, vase to sit on the coffee table. That's not where real real enrichment is not in uh, uh, having certain kind of furniture or certain kind of cars or certain kind of houses. In fact, I have personally found that when you have a house and you have uh, a beautiful set of china and you have, if you don't share it in relationships, if you don't have time to have somebody over, why bother? Why bother to have a beautiful house? Why bother to have a wonderful car if nobody else ever gets to ride in it but you? Amen? See, the things God puts in our life are there to enhance and bless our relationships. And that's the enjoyment of the things God blesses us with is to to share them with others. Amen? Praise God. I mean, why have a guest room if no one ever sleeps in it? Amen? Tell me. Why? There's no reason, is there? There's no reason. That's the joy of living. That's the joy of life, is to share what you have. And then some have false feelings of satisfaction with one or two people. In other words, oh, I only need one person. I only need my spouse. I only need this one friend. I don't need more than one. Well, Pastor and I found that not to be true. And especially, I have noticed that, you know, in in our lives, and, and ministers are very busy people, that it takes more than one relationship to satisfy us because uh, you have to have more than one in order to get on all their schedules in order to have a continual flow of fellowship and relationship. Does that make sense? And plus, we have some relationships where, like, we have one pastor friend that that we like to fellowship with, but they've got four kids. And see, we're free. We're free. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're free. So we have time to spend in relationships that they don't have. They are a very busy family. They not only have the duties of pastoring that we have, they have four children that are young, and they are homeschooling those children. So they are tremendously busy. So even though we have a very strong bond with them, a a lifelong bond with them, we don't get to spend much time with them because they can't work us into their schedule. and, And we need more fellowship than that. And so if we limited ourselves to just one, we would be depleted. We would be, our tank, our relationship tank wouldn't be full. Amen? So we have many. It, 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 it's so that, so that when we have a need to fill up our relationship tank, we have people that we can call and say, can y'all go tomorrow and meet us in Birmingham or something to that effect. And, and you know, we can always find somebody. To fill up our relationship twain. Because we've made, our, we've made ourselves available to relationships and we've made them a priority in our life. And so you can't have this false feeling of satisfaction. It's a motion, it's a setup. It's a setup. And later in life, you will experience poor mental and emotional health if you only have one person in your life. Let me tell you why. You know, if this, if this little young man right here, he's my son, if he is my all in all, Guess what? He grew up, he got married, he got a new all-in-all. He got somebody that he likes, he, he, he loves his mother. Nobody else ever be his mother, but somebody takes priority over his mother now. I know it. You know, mothers don't always like that, but it's true. Amen? And you know, I'm smart enough, I'm not ever going to make him choose. Amen? I'm not ever going to make, because I already know who would get left out. I know who, there'd be a lonely mother. Amen. I'm not, I told my mom and dad, there was a little bit of strife, conflict at the beginning of our marriage between us and them. And I said, don't make me choose. 
And they understood perfectly what I was saying. I also said, I said, and, and you just take heed, mothers who have children, and this, this is right, and this, and my parents, when we first got married, they wanted to say some things to me, and don't tell Michael. I said, whoa, 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 don't you ever tell me anything that I can't tell him. Right there. Well, see? Hallelujah. This relationship is priority over everything. Amen? And when I talk about friendships, let me just clarify some things here. There's not ever going to be a friendship, and there should never be a friendship in your life that, that takes priority over your relationship with your spouse. Amen. Amen? The friendships in your life should not divide you from your spouse, but they should enhance those. And let me tell you something else. And then you can just say, well, that's just her, but I, I guarantee you this is right, whether you like it or not. But married women don't need any friendships with men. My friends are women, or Pastor and I have friends that are couples. And if you are a married woman or a married man, and you're having a friendship with a member of the opposite sex at work or wherever, I'm telling you, you're playing with fire. And it's not right, and it's not God, and it's not a divine connection. Amen. It's wrong. Amen. Men, you need relationships with other men. I realize men look at relationships different than women do. But, and so you may not relate to every little thing I say because I realize I'm a woman. I'm teaching from a woman's perspective. But I will tell you this. You still need relationships. Men need relationships with other men because your wife cannot fulfill everything in your life. She, there are things about men that your wife cannot understand. And there's things about women, and women need women need um, women need people to identify with them on many levels. You know, women need women that women need to relate to people and talk about clothes, and talk about makeup. And if your husband can talk about clothes and makeup with you, I'm worried about him. <laughs> there's something a little weird about him if if he can talk with you about clothes and make well I mean you know I guess there are some people that are actually trained in that but I'm talking about your average guy that goes out and you know pumps gas all day and then he can go with you to the mall and discuss Estee Lauder there's just something not right about that you know hallelujah praise God and you know but and I'm not talking about a man that just walks through the mall with you and grunts every once in a while now I know they can do that Amen, you know. Yeah, you know. Hallelujah. And you know, there's things that men, there's things about men that, that no matter how hard as women, we might try to understand. We might even say we understand. We might even think we understand, but truly, until you've experienced it, you don't know. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you a bit what it's like to be a father. I just can't tell. And you know what? I don't care how hard you try. You can't tell me what it's like to be a mother. You do not know what it's like to be a mother. Amen? Hallelujah. You, can't, you don't know what it's like to have a baby. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it feels like to be pregnant. Amen? You don't know what PMS is like. You just know what one end of it's like, and that's all. <laughs> you just know the results, that's all. <laughs> you don't know those things, and we don't know those things about you. You need male relationships. We need female relationships. And as couples, we need relationships. You need a re If you're a married couple, you need relationships with other couples. Amen? So you need to take the time and not just focus on one person. It's a setup. If you know, if a, um, if a mother focuses on a relationship with a son, that works till he gets a certain age and then it doesn't work anymore and she's left with an emotional response that's not healthy. If a mom focuses on a, a, a daughter, and it, and a two, and, and that's her only relationship. Then there's going to be an emotional response. My mother went through it. I was an only child when I went to college. You know, she had an emotional response that was not healthy because I was an only child and too focused on on this relationship that that she had with me. And you know, besides all that, and that's the thing in our notes, things always change. They never stay the same. Too focused. You know, guess what? I moved to Alabama. Amen. Hallelujah. Things always change. 
Things always change. And even a husband and wife, if he's the only one in the... I don't need anybody else. I've just got him. Well, truly, he is the most important. And this is where I need to put the most of my uh, attention. And you know, I have heard of abuses, but I don't think this, this would probably be necessarily true in this church where the wife paid more attention to everybody else than she did her husband. I mean, those people write to Dear Abby, and I read Dear Abby, you know. You know, the wife that talks on her the phone to her mother all the time while he's sitting there. Amen. The wife that um, goes out with her friends every evening, walking and visiting and talking, and, you know, that sort certainly not healthy. But if I put all my, uh, uh, if I put every bit of my energy and I never form any other relationships with other women, then things are going to change here too. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's going to change. I'm not going to have a relationship with him. But, you know, if Jesus tarries, one of us is going to go. At some point, this relationship will change if Jesus tarries. Amen? Isn't that correct? Is that that's how it is, and so and, and then also relationships, things things evolve, amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so then number three, some people hinder the relationships by keeping relationships too shallow. I misspelled two there. I recognize that too shallow and too general. Too shallow. Just talk about the weather. Too general. In other words, never open up. Never let anybody else inside. Never let anybody know the real you. Never share. Never share. Keep it, keep it, keep it under wraps. Well, you're not going to have fulfillment. You're not going to have that divine connection. You're going to have to open up. You're going to have a divine connection. And then, you know, also having... Some people have an attitude of a closed circle. You know what I'm saying? I always talk about this. Bless us for no more. In other words, there's just enough... I just love these four people. Got a closed circle. You know, there's always enough love to go around. Amen. You know, Colin and Eric have a very close relationship. We kid them because uh, sometimes if we're at the house, well, it's like they get over in the corner and they whisper and laugh and talk to each other. It's like me and Chris and Pastor. and It's like, uh, could you all open y'all's little circle of love to us? And let all the rest of the family into your little circle. And that's a joke with us, you know. But sometimes people are really like that. Now, we're joking. And, you know, they don't have us shut out. But we tease them about that. But some people like, okay, I've just got enough love to go around. No, there's never. See, the love of God's in our heart. And there's an unending supply. I don't care. You know, some people think that way. I know my, my old grandfather. See, now I was the favorite grandchild. He had four. I was the favorite. So I had Colin, and Colin is like the apple of his eye. When I get pregnant with Eric, he said, I just don't know if I can love Eric like I do Colin. See, just didn't know that there's always plenty of love to go around. Just didn't have that revelation. Of course, when Eric came, he really loved him and everything. And I didn't worry about it a bit. I didn't fret over and get my feelings hurt. And he just adored Eric, just like he did Colin. But he just didn't realize if he would have enough love to go around. There is an unending supply. I don't care if you had 50 kids. Guess what? You'd still have an unending supply of love. You could have 50 more. Amen. And you'd have an onion. You could have 125 grandkids. And you'd have a, I mean, that sounds tiring, but you know. But you know what? You'd still have enough love. Amen. See, we got enough love. Some churches are like that. It's like, oh, you know, they get, they close, they, it's like a closed church. We've studied about them. I've really never experienced one. But it's like, they don't really let people come in. No, there's enough love here. We can open our doors and open our hearts and strangers can come. Amen. There's enough love in our family that we can have somebody, uh, we can let somebody share the love of our, our families. Amen. Number four, hindrance to relationships, having too many casual relationships. I tell you what, you can't be everybody's best friend. In other words, and I tell you, let me, you know, the Holy Spirit convicted me of this as I was meditating today. And he said, you know, best friend is, is a world. That's worldly. That's not spiritual. Because let me just ask you. Let me just ask you. If I say, Karen's my best friend. And Karen, you say, I want to tell you, well, how did the rest of you feel? Left out. That's exactly it. You know why it's not God? Best friends aren't God. Best friends aren't God. 
I know you grew up having best friends, but best friend insinuates you're excluded. You're on a different level. You know, I ought to have many godly friends. And all of my friendships should be very special to me. All of them should be different. And many of them should be on different levels. You know, the Lord showed it to me like this, that some friendships are like a big T-bone steak. And some friendships are like a baked potato. And some friendships are like English peas. See, they're all different, aren't they? And then the Lord showed me some friendships are like a big old chocolate cake. Now, you know, some of those are more fun than others, you can tell. But they're all important. And I don't know about you. Now, you may not like English peas, but I really do. And, and, and so I would really enjoy all of those at certain times. Amen. Amen. Amen? At certain times, I could enjoy all of them. I like pea salad. So I could enjoy peas. I can enjoy baked potato sometime. I can, but then the Lord showed me that some friendships are just like um, the powdered sugar that's sprinkled on top. You know, it, there's not a lot to it. You know, the, it, it's, it, but it just really does. You know, if you bake a chocolate cake and you don't ice it, and then you could put a doily on top, and then, you, you know, you can get this off of Food Network. And uh, you can put a doily on top, and then you can sprinkle powdered sugar on it, and then you remove the doily, it makes it look all lacy and pretty on top. Doesn't really change the flavor a lot, doesn't really. But, you know, it, it's just, it just adds to it. It just makes it special, you know. And that's how some relationships are. Not all of them have to be a T-bone steak. And not all of them have to be a baked potato. And not all of them have to be English peas. Some of, them can, some of your relationships are just going to be powdered sugar. Amen? Amen? And they enhance your life and they, they add a dimension to you and they, 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 they make life interesting. And they add excitement to life. Some of you need some excitement in your life. Some of you are just like, Ooh, I just, you know, I just, y'all need, Ugh. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you need a friend that's chili powder because you're just bland, you know. Praise God. You know, and you know, it just, not every relationship's going to be the same or needs to be the same. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Praise God. There's, there's just a, hallelujah, praise God. Some of them are going to be deep. Not all of them are going to be deep. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Number five, another hindrance to relationships is having wrong expectations of people. Expecting things from people they don't even know you are expecting. And therefore, they often fail to meet our expectations. See, we can be expecting things, and this is later in, right there in the notes, but we can be expecting things from people. We can expect, be expecting them to meet needs that only God can meet. You know? We could be expecting them to fill a hole <laughs> that only God could fill. Amen? And, you know, we can be, we can just nearly... Uh, if you drain the life out of your relationships by having too few and just being so needy and so just one person, you know, they'll run. Because they can't, they can't be your God. Amen. They can't meet your need in that dimension. Amen. So we have to realize that. And, uh, you know, also, I tell you something, when, we have, when we're healthy in our relationships, but yet we have a relationship and they're not doing what we expect them to do or what we'd like them to do. I mean, we don't have to make a big heavy about this, but one thing you can just do is tell them about it. I know Eric and I are getting a new relationship because he moved out. Amen? And I, one of my conditions... Now, I couldn't stop him from moving out. I understand that. But I could have made it uncomfortable by having a fit, you know. 
But I was very cooperative in him moving out, helped him get his stuff, gave him some of my dishes, and, you know, I was just bought him some stuff. I was so cooperative. But I had some conditions for being so cooperative. And one of those conditions was that he would call me every day once or see me every day until he gets me weaned. You know, I, I, I'll be weaned over this in a while. And he didn't have to do this the rest of his life, okay? But right now, he's having to call mother once a day or come by and see her once a day. Well, you know, I have expectations, and he may not know them. So one of the things that he, we've never talked on the phone because we've lived in the same house. And you can, he, did y'all know he wasn't a talker? And so, uh, anyway, so uh, now we're talking on the phone. And so we were talking on the phone, and I would say, okay, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And it was just like, he was just gone. No, bye. I had an expectation of a bye. So one day, I, I got to that point in the conversation where I said, I'm going to see you tomorrow. And he said, okay. And I said, here's the place where you say bye. He said, okay, bye. See, he got my point. He got my point when I said that. I expect him to say bye and not just lamb up the phone. You know, lamb up the phone. That's what my grandmother used to say. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you we're like them. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. So one thing we can do is just share an expectation instead of disrupting the whole relationship. Another thing, having wrong expectations of people, is expecting them to be perfect. Amen? Or expecting them never to let you down. In other words, some people got a hair trigger. It's like, okay, I'll go in relationship with you. I'll be a friend to you, but it, I'm warning you, if you ever let me down, and then they don't even really know what you're expecting, and you know, they're doomed. Amen? Because they don't really know what you expect to start with. But if you ever let them down, it's like they have already made a mental note that if you ever mess up once, you're out of here. How many of you know that's not a healthy attitude towards relationships? Amen? Glory to God. Then uh, <clears throat> expecting, we already did that, expecting people to do for us what only God should be expected to do. Number six, for uh, hindrances to relationships is an unhealthy view of what friendship is. You know, some people, and you can especially see this in the world, where people think friends are just somebody to hang out with when you want to goof around. Or uh, you can see this in the world. Friends are people to network with for an advantage in business. Wow. You know, that is an unhealthy concept of friendship. And then also, friends are people to count on during emergencies. How many of you know friends are so much more than that? Hallelujah. God desires for us to have holy intimacy with other Christians. He uses terms like these, like precious faith and household of faith. And those are found in those scriptures there. And we talked about those some Sunday night, didn't we? Now let's go on to part two. Turn to Proverbs 18, verse 24. Now, we were just finishing what we didn't finish last week. I'm not necessarily going to preach all four pages, though, here, so y'all can all say thank you, Jesus. I may have to finish some of them next week, or we may just let you read because most of the uh, blanks are on the first page. Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, there's a big key to relationships here, is a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Showing, and this is where we're going to get to our first blank, showing oneself friendly is more than superficial acts such as smiling, laughing, and being polite. See, we've kind of not seen the depth of that scripture. And we say, well, she's friendly. She smiles a lot. She may be a witch. <laughs> or she's friend he's friendly. He laughs a lot. He may not be anywhere prepared to have a friendship. Amen. So it's not smiling and laughing a lot, although those things would probably be included, that we are a smiler and we do are able to laugh. But, you know, I'm not just a big hee-hee jokester all the time. I, what some people find funny, I don't even necessarily find funny. We were talking about that this week as my parents were there. There was this advertisement on TV for some Red Skelton videos or something. And I'm going, 
Jimmy, did you think Red Skelton was funny? I remember growing up and seeing that on TV, and it's like, he said, no, that, that just never was funny. Man's like, this is not funny to me. I mean, and so I'm not like other people. I'm, I'm not putting you down if you think it's funny. And, you know, even Colin finds things funny that he's kind of cut from a different mold, and he, <laughs> he thinks that guy, uh, who's that guy? Jim Carrey is funny, and I'm like... Uh, I think Colin's funny when he imitates Jim Carrey, but I am not, I don't just get to rolling over Jim Carrey, you know, but you know, I, I still like to laugh, I enjoy laughing, but I'm just not a, a hooter, you know, I'm just uh, laughing all the time, you know, cutting up, you know, I'm just not like that, but I tell you, I'm just telling you to tell this, I make a great friend. Because I am so, you know, you may say, well, I don't know if you, I do, because I am, I'm going to be so loyal to you. I'm going to be so honest with you. And I'm not trying to say, get to be friends with me. I'm not saying that, but I'm just telling you that everybody that's a cut up, everybody that's the life of the party is not necessarily the best friendship. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know friend. Doesn't live here, so don't strain any brains or anything. But I have a friend, and I really like her, and I enjoy her. But a lot of people that are life of the party type, you know, you don't ever get in a real deep friendship with. And a lot, if they're the life of the party, guess what? Everybody, you got to share them with everybody in the whole world. And I don't mind sharing, but I just got to have more than that so I can't limit myself to that one person. Now, true, she's fun to be around, and I enjoy it when I'm with her. I have a good time, but I got to have more than that. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm talking about? So showing oneself friendly is more than superficial. Showing yourself friendly means developing a friendly lifestyle. Let's go over these. Number one, being nice when we don't feel like being nice. That's showing yourself friendly. Number two, giving when you don't feel like giving. And we're not just talking about money here. We're talking about giving of yourself. When you don't feel like giving of yourself, you give of yourself. That's showing yourself friendly. Number three, preventing unimportant disagreements to rupture our relationships. That is showing yourself friendly. Showing yourself friendly when, when you overlook the little things. Because, you know, there's always going to be those little things. And, you, and when you overlook them and you, and you say, no, this relationship is worth just not making a big deal over this. Number four, accepting one another as we are without trying to change each other. That's showing yourself friendly. You know, we got to learn to appreciate uh, the, 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 what's good about people. You know what I'm saying? To see, to, to see even below the surface and what is good about people. Number five, showing oneself friendly means not being anxious to impress someone else. Six, getting out of self-absorption and developing a lifestyle of a genuine loving attitude. Of course, we can find these things in 1 Corinthians 13, where the love chapter. Getting out, not being self-absorbed and developing a loving attitude. I know I have this one friend, and I still count her as my friend. But I'm telling you, now I'm just telling you honestly, you know, if we're walking down the street, she's looking in the plate glass. I mean, she, you can be having a conversation with her, and if there's a glass behind you, she is looking. And, you know, she is too self-absorbed. She can't focus and get in the depth of relationship that could be because she's too busy thinking about what she looks like. Now, she's sweet, and she's cute, and, and I really love her, and she has a lot of gifts. But I'm telling you, relationships don't go far because she thinks about self too much. Amen? You know what I'm saying? Uh, number seven, being patient and kind is showing yourself friendly. Number nine, eight, finding a way to be constructive. You know, finding a way to be a blessing. That's showing yourself friendly. Number nine, always believing in one another. Number ten, ridding ourselves of negative qualities. Jealousy. 
boastfulness, arrogance, rudeness, bad manners, self-interest, irritability, resentfulness, and touchiness. We need to rid ourselves of those. If we're touchy, we're not friendly. We're not showing ourselves friendly. If we're jealous, we're not showing ourselves friendly. There's a way in God to deal. You say, well, I've always been jealous. There's a way to deal with this. There's a way to get healed of being jealous. Amen? Y'all aren't helping me here. <laughs> to develop healthy friendships, we must make an effort to nurture a real interest in others. Celebrate their victories. Rejoice when others win. Overcome or are blessed. We got to rejoice when others are blessed. And you know, we, if we, it should come natural to rejoice when others are blessed. Amen? We need to commit to really listening. Listen to people when they're talking. Listen with respect and concern and a genuine interest in others. Don't forget to ask questions. I know one lady, and uh, uh, she's good at this. I mean, she really has cultivated it, you can tell. I mean, when you're around her, She's always asking you questions. I never fail to see her that she says, how are y'all doing? How's Colin? How's Eric? What's he doing now? How's Carter? You know, well, she's constantly asking me questions. What? She's showing I'm interested in you. Amen? That's what she does. And, you know, it's not put on. I mean, every time you see her, she's cultivating, showing an interest. Amen? I'll tell you something else. That just came up in my heart. You need to remember it, too. Now, if every time I saw her, she said, now, what's your youngest son's name? You know, I can tell she's not really interested. She didn't really listen, especially after several times, and I've known her for quite a while. But she doesn't do that. But if she did, and I've known people like that, that they just never, you know, you're never the thought of them. Amen. Now, where do y'all live now? See, we got to cultivate interest in people. We need to remember things about them. You know it's important in a people skill to remember people's names. You, 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 and some of us have to work hard at that, to remember people's names. But, um, you know, as our relationships, we should remember things about our friends and about their lives and about, their, about them. Amen? Okay. Uh, don't, uh, make eye contact. I, I just wonder about people that don't make eye contact. It's like, what are you hiding? Why can't you look at me? Fix it inside yourself, amen? And make eye contact. Until you listen to me, we don't have a relationship. You are only an acquaintance until you listen to me. Amen? If I don't listen to you, then, you know... You may want to work on that relationship a little while longer, but if I never start listening to you, you know, I'm just not your divine connection. Amen? I'm not your Holy Ghost hookup. If I never, ever, you know, listen to you. Now, I mean, there's days when, you know, maybe, and you know, we got, if you drop in at somebody at their office and the phone's ringing, and you know, they may not listen to you. But I'm talking about on a one-on-one -on -one basis, if they can't listen to you, all they do is talk about themselves, or all they do, and you know, we don't throw away relationships easily, especially if we feel like God's in it. Amen? But after a while, working with a relationship, if they don't listen to you, if they don't make eye contact with you, if they don't open up and, and aren't starting to let you in a certain amount, then uh, you have to do something else about that. Um, <clears throat> when we push people away, we are really pushing ourselves away. Until I open up to people, we don't have a relationship. You know, you can't have a relationship with a wall. You can't have a relationship with a wall. And some people are like, why don't I have friends? Why don't I have friends? Why don't I have friends? Why aren't you nice to me? Why don't you meet my need? Why don't you like me? Why doesn't anybody at this church ever do anything with me? Why does nobody ever ask me to do anything? Well, put that hand down. You know, put that wall down and start showing yourself friendly. I know, I, I feel like I'm preaching on hell or something. <laughs> I'm not sending y'all to hell tonight, y'all. We're trying to 
be open in our hearts towards relationships. It takes courage to stick it out through hard times, but the rewards outweigh the risks. You know, there's going to be hard times in relationships. And we can need to stick it out with people. Amen? Okay, keeping going just for a little bit. Focus how to be a good friend. Mm-hmm. Maybe we ought to just close tonight. Start this next week. How do y'all think? Eric said yes. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, okay, we'll just do that. So we'll leave some time for them to minister. I'm not going to let you go, Eric. Amen. Hallelujah. But the Holy Ghost said something to me. Now, we're going to start there next week. How to be a good friend, okay? We learned some things tonight. Um, but the Holy Spirit said, some th- said something to me in the room, in the prayer room. He said uh, that there are some people here that God brought divine relationships into your life and you lost them. And sometimes it's not even your fault. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to press in with people to have a divine relationship with them. Amen? And people are worth it. And sometimes it may have been your fault. Or maybe it was a little issue that y'all got into it over. But you knew they were a divine connection. And the Lord said to me in the prayer room tonight that He wants to mend those relationships. He wants to mend and restore some former relationships, friendships. Amen? And you know, it may take something on your part. There will be a Holy Spirit divine grace to do it but I know there's this one couple that God brought us into relationship with and you wouldn't know who it was so don't strain a brain here but um, he brought us into relationship with them and and they abandoned and they don't live here or anything so uh, and they abandoned the relationship they walked away from it and you know there's really no hard feelings or bad words or anything it's just like they just jumped ship in the relationship And so, um, but, you know, we knew it was divine. And we knew they were wrong and they were making a mistake when they did it. And so, um, you about six months ago, pastor just called them up. Now, you know, when people break rank with you and break their friendship, a lot of times then they feel uncomfortable. They don't know how you're going to react to them. So pastor just called him up on the phone and said, Hey, how y'all doing? Just thinking about you. Want to check on you. You know, it just blessed them. No end. Amen. So he then he waited another couple of months, and he just called them again. Just said, well, and they said, You know, we want to come over and visit with y'all. We want to come, come see y'all. Amen. See, relationships, I just got to tell you how precious they are. I don't know if y'all have heard my heart tonight or not, or if you just heard the facts on the paper, but I tell you, relationships are so precious. Friendships are so precious. They so enrich our lives. I'm telling you, there's, there's some relationships God's given us that we could call, and they'd be there. Amen? And you need them too. And I want you to have them. And I want you to your promotion and your your growth and your enjoyment of life are tied to them. So let's stand up together tonight. And I want you to do something. I don't know. Some of you may just be, man, I got friends hanging off of every limb. But some of you may say, you know, and I've been there. I've been there when I didn't have what I needed and I knew I didn't. And I prayed and I believed God for it. So I'm going to ask you to ask God tonight to give you Holy Ghost relationships, divine connections, friendships. And maybe you say, man, I've just, everything you said to do, Debbie, I've done it wrong. Well, it's a new day. And I don't know about you, but I know more about about what to do now than I ever did. And I'm more spirit-filled and more spirit-led than I've ever been, and you are too. And so... Believe God with tonight for you. I believe in God for you. Believe God to have relationships, godly relationships. Father, we pray tonight. And we ask you 
to give relationships to these people. Within this body, I ask you to give them some relationships within the church. And then, Father, I thank you that you give them some Christian relationships from without. You know what will enhance and bear fruit. Father, if there's relationships going on here that don't bear fruit, I ask you, Father, to give wisdom in that situation. And Father, I pray those relationships would be severed and cut off in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for the relationships that need to be restored to be restored. And I pray for the people of this church to have the courage to make those moves. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. And Father, most of all, I ask you to put within our hearts how precious friendships are. Help us to value them, to treat them with respect, those relationships, those friendships, to nurture them, to guard them, to be loyal to them. And Father, most of all, we're asking you to knit Word of Life Church together. Colossians says that we would be knitted together in love. Father, that we would be planted like trees of righteousness by rivers of living water, bringing forth fruit in our season, our leaf not withering. That our roots would go down deep. And Father, I thank you for strength, strength as we are divinely connected in the body of Christ for these last days. Thank you for healing hearts all over this sanctuary. Father, those that have been wounded in relationships, thank you, they're healed. Those that have been disappointed, they're healed. Those that need to forgive, there's grace right now to just forgive friends. In Jesus' name. let us open up our circle let others in Lord give the couples in this church other couples other Christian couples and give the singles the, give, give us friends Father give us some that are T-bone steak and some that are mashed potatoes and gravy and Lord give us some that are just the powdered sugar. Help us to see and know the difference and enjoy all of them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. you came tonight.